So if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, I'm going to invite you to click to, turn to James chapter 1, verse 17. We're just going to look at this one verse this, 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 for the time that, that we have together. And I want to talk to you about this subject of finding certainty in an uncertain times. I mean, when you go through uncertain times, like the times that we're in now, how do you find or where do you find certainty to get through it? Because we know this, right? We've experienced it. Crisis assaults your mind. I mean, crisis assaults your mind. And so when you go through through crisis and everything begins to change and it's like it's constantly changing um, then then all of a sudden you can carry a lot more stress and this issue of crisis it will assault your mind and it seems like it seems like everything's changing daily because of the situation that we we live in and then another thing that makes it difficult it doesn't seem like anybody agrees it doesn't seem like anybody agrees in the season that we're in I mean you can go and ask the Google and if you ask the Google the Google is like it's like bipolar right now I mean it kind of conflicts with itself. It doesn't know what to do. Our politicians don't agree. Medical experts don't agree. Local governments don't agree. And even within families, when you get down into families, a lot of times families don't even agree on how to properly social distancing or what rules should we have. And so when you come to this place, you realize that when you're in crisis, it's just always constant change. And so the last several weeks we have been spending in the 23rd Psalm and I started the psalm off, or the series off, on the 23rd Psalm with the, just the, the, the verse that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, and your rod and your strength, and, and your rod and your, your staff, they, they comfort me. And it's how to find comfort in uncertain times. And so David began talking about this issue of not focusing on the shadows, but focus on him. Focusing on the one that is with you. Do not focus on the shadow of death. And, and then James comes along in the New Testament, and he, and, and he says it in a little bit of a different way. And that's what I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about this issue of how to find certainty in the land of uncertainty. And so here's what James, and James is a New Testament writer, here's what James says. He says, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And Philip's translation would like render this verse this way, with God there is never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. And today I want to talk to you about this issue. It's, well, it's the immutability of God. It's, it's just a theological word that just simply means this, that God never changes. It's the unchangeable God, and God never changes. For when, Listen, when you go through crisis, you don't fight crisis with uncertainty. You fight crisis with certainty by focusing on the things that you can be certain of, by focusing on the things that you can be sure of, by focusing on the things that are not shifting or changing. Malachi says this, Malachi 3 6 he says for I the Lord do not change see that is important for us especially in crisis therefore O children of Jacob are not consumed in other words this God's always the same he's always been and he always will be he is perfect he can't get any better and he can't get any worse therefore he will never change because because we're imperfect uh, we do change but God doesn't change and have you ever noticed that you're, you're constantly changing? You don't believe that. You just look in the mirror. Remember the great theologian Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan sang a song that says the times, they are a-changing. 
And so when you look at this, you realize that everything around us is, is constantly changing. But, but we worship a God and we follow a God that, it, that, that never changes. And so in this season, I don't know if you're like me, but in this season, I am, I am, I'm in the midst of change. And I'm learning to change like everything from the way that we do ministry. I'm learning to stand in an empty worship center that, is, that, that my voice echoes around. And I can't hear your voices. And I'm learning to preach into a camera. And fact is, right now, it is Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And I am preaching not even on my same rhythms any longer. And the reason that we do that is because I'm not here when the worship team is. And the worship team is not here when I'm here. And so we can keep it to 10 and under. Also, it gives our TA department um, a better opportunity to put the service together and then to simulate it live on the weekend so there's not any technical problems or glitches. I am also learning to strip out time of day when I preach. I can't say this evening as we open up our scripture or good morning to you because you know what? I don't know when you're going to view it. I don't know when you're going to watch it. And so rhythms are changing and everything is changing. And, and see, here's what we know about crisis. When crisis comes into our life, it like changes everything. And when it changes everything, change can create stress in our lives. And so the time that I have with you, I just want, simply want to focus on three things about God. Three things about God that God promises us that will never change in life. Because we know this, right? Change creates stress in life. And I want to talk to you about how to stabilize your life. How to stabilize your life in the midst of constant change. And so I want to talk about these three things that God never changes, three things that we can count on every day. The first one is this, his love. Aren't you glad that we can count on his love? I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of that, especially in crisis, especially in difficulty. In Psalm 42, 8, and we, we've like camped out in, in Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 and in 44 and 45, and we've looked at this issue. And, and so here's what it says in 42 verse 8. It says, by, by day the Lord commands, this is important, his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. When you look at Scripture 194 times in Scripture, it talks about the steadfast love of God or the everlasting God, love of God. And God is reminding us over and over and over in Scripture that I have a steadfast love for you. I have an everlasting love for you. See, when you're in a relationship with him, that what he promises us is this, regardless of what you walk through, regardless if you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you can fear no evil. Why? For he is with you. And guess what? His presence, his rod, and his staff will comfort you. Because you were, listen, you were created to be loved by God. You're an object, and I don't know if you ever thought of this, you're an object of God's love. God's love, listen, God's love is consistent. God's love is continual. God has an everlasting love for you. He has a steadfast love for you. One of the reasons I think sometimes that we get we get frustrated with relationships, especially in the midst of crisis. Because people are fickle, right? People change. Have you ever noticed that everybody is perfect until you get to know them? I mean, whether it's in a dating relationship, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in marriage, have you ever noticed that you could meet someone and you think, finally, I, felt, I found someone perfect. Finally, I found someone that has it all together. And then you get to know them. And what, what the scripture says is that God is, God is not unpredictable. People are unpredictable. 
God is not inconsistent. People are inconsistent. And when you look at this, what creates stress in our lives is the inconsistency or some of the things that are unpredictable in the situations that we walk through, the people that are around us. Jeremiah 31.3, here's what the verse says. It says this, the Lord appeared to him far away. I have loved you. Here we go. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And so he's talking, he's talking about us as well. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, I have continued and continued my faithfulness too. You see, Jeremiah was walking through crisis. Jeremiah was walking through pain. And you know what God did for him? The same thing he does for us. Jeremiah, I know you're in crisis. I know, you, I know you're walking through problems. I know everything's shifting for you, but I just need to let you know. I have a steadfast love for you. And my faithfulness to you will continue. The Bible tells us that God always acts like himself. He's always consistent. He's always predictable. <laughs> Nobody's ever said, hey, what's got into God today? God never changes. God is always himself. The, the point is, I never need to doubt God's love for me. Sometimes crisis, sometimes pain, sometimes our circumstances, if, if on an earthly level, can force us or try to make us doubt God's love for us. But listen, I'm telling you, we never should doubt God's love for us regardless of our circumstances because God has promised that, guess what? My love will never change. My love for you is steadfast. My love for you is everlasting. My love, I will, I will be faithful to you. Paul reminds us of this in Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and 39. He says, now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, here's the promise, here's the promise, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not the coronavirus, not a crisis, not a situation. Listen, when you go into a crisis and when I go into a crisis, I have to remind myself of his steadfast love, his everlasting love for me. I have to remind myself that, guess what? I am more than conquerors. God is bigger than the crisis. God is bigger than my problems. I need to find comfort in that. When I go into a storm, I need to remember that, guess what? Jesus Christ is in the storm with me, and I can curl up next to him, and I can sleep in perfect peace, for I, am no, for I know that he loves me, has a steadfast love for me, and he is with me. I mean, you can go to bed tonight, and you can get up tomorrow morning, and God is not, listen, God has not changed his mind about you. God is consistent. I mean, we can be inconsistent, right? I mean, there's some days I can wake up grumpy and tired and gripey, and I may, not, I may not feel like I love anybody. I may be just irritated with everybody. But God is not like this. Listen, God never has a bad day. God never has a bad hair day. He's never, he's never moody. I mean, when you, look at this, when you look at the scriptures, he's always consistent. He always has a steadfast love for us. He, see, a great stabilizer in your life my life 
When we enter into a stressful season, when we enter into where it seems like the foundations of the world are crumbling and, and everything's constantly changing, one of the greatest stabilizers in our life is his love for us. This is why Corey Ten Boone, she went through a lot of crisis in her life. This is her quote, and this is what she says. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. We don't trust an unknown future. We don't trust an uncertainty. You know who, who we trust into? In, we trust into a known God because we know that he loves us. The th second thing is this, that if, if you're going to stabilize your stress and if you're going to understand a God who never changes, then you need to be reminded that not only will his love never change for you, but his word will never change. His word, listen, his word will never change. The laws and the principles and his commands, I mean, they're like, they're like timeless. Uh, here's what Isaiah 40, chapter 8 says. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. The Bible, listen, the Bible is always fresh. The Bible is always relevant. The Bible is always up to date. The Bible is never obsolete. Any, listen, we know this, right? Anything that man writes is obsolete Sometimes very quickly. I mean, when you look at it, the rate of scientific discovery, by the time science textbooks are printed, it's already obsolete. I mean, when you look at this aspect, I mean, technology, right? Technology is constantly changing. And what was in one day is now out the other day. You buy a phone and it's already outdated. I mean, I, I was raised in, in a time where, where we had rotary uh, telephones and it was like glued or stapled or bolted to a wall. And it took, ever, it took like forever to dial a number as you watch that thing rotate around. And, and, then, and then now today, the technology is so different. My grandkids, this is crazy for me to even think about. My grandkids, when they talk on the phone, if they can't see you, they think the phone is broken. It happened to my wife just this last week. She was in the car, and she hit speakerphone, and she called the grandkids, and, and it sounded like the grandkids were, like, distracted, and Karen kept asking, what's wrong? Are you guys with me? And finally, Brittany comes on the phone and says, Mom, I'm so sorry. The kids are distracted, and they're distracted because you didn't FaceTime them. They can't see you on the phone call, and as a result, they don't know what's wrong with the phone. They think the phone's broke because every time they make a phone call, guess what? They're growing up in a world when they make a phone call, they can see the person on the other end. And so when you look at this issue, everything we know is like changing. Everything may have been in date one day, and now it's outdated the next. And so Jesus says this in Matthew 24, 35. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, my words will not pass away. There's never been any other book that has been more attacked, more criticized, ridiculed, burned, or outlawed than the Bible. Yet today, all those Caesars and dictators and fanatics, they're all dead. And the Bible still stands and the Bible is still around. And it stood the test of time. Because his word never changes. And people right now in this crisis and this time, they are drawing back to the Bible. If you, the Google is answering more questions about the Bible and more questions about Scripture and more questions about prayer right now, more than any other time in like, like history. And the principles and the laws that, that he lays down, they, they're, made, they're made to last forever. I mean, it's just... Just an interesting story, but Alan Shepard, he was the first American astronaut in space. It was shortly before taking off, he was asked by a reporter, uh, just before, actually just before he got in the capsule, 
And he asked, the reporter said this, he says, what is the one thing you're depending on most in this space venture? And, and I think his, his answer was like classic. And he just turned to the reporter and says, I'm depending on the fact that God's laws never change. I mean, what if the rotation of the earth wasn't consistent? Or what if it was inconsistent? What if one day the gravity reversed and the next day it reversed back? When he made the universe, he established some universal laws and they never change. They, have, they never have and they never will. And the reason we can study science is because it's, it's predictable. And we can study some verifiable facts of the laws of physics and, and they do not change. And just as God has established the universe to operate on physical laws, there are moral laws and there are spiritual laws that God has set up that we just can't ignore. If we, listen, if we ignore the spiritual laws, the moral laws of Scripture, then we can create all kinds of chaos. We can, we, but God's laws, man, they never change. Have you ever played a game with someone and they kept kind of changing the rules on you? Uh, that's happened with my grandkids. I was playing a game with one of my grandchildren, and so they, they kept changing the rules. And, and for me, it was just like really frustrating because the only way you can win is if the rules do not change. And the only way you can win in life is like come to this place to where you just, you simply play by the, the, the rules. And, and God has established some principles and commands in this world that do not change. And there's some absolutes as a result of that. There are some things that will always be right. And there's some things that will always be wrong. And it is not a matter of popular opinion. Contrary to popular opinion, God does not invent new rules for every generation. He has established them in what the scripture says forever and ever. And so you have these temptations in the world to where people criticize the scripture. In fact, is the first one that Satan used was in the garden when he looked at Adam and Eve. And he said, did God really say that? And he got them to begin questioning the rules. And he got them to be questioning, to be questioning uh, the Bible. And, and since I've been in ministry, basically, those have been the three arguments in, in my ministry. The first one was when I started in ministry, people are, it was mainly issue-driven. The fact is, the first two were mainly issue-driven. Uh, did God really say that about that issue? Did God really say that about that situation? And then when, when that didn't work, then all of a sudden the argument with the scripture became, uh, well, that's, that's just simply your interpretation. Like God invents new rules for every generation, and so that's, that's just simply your interpretation. But when it's in, in black and white in the scripture that, that says stop or says don't, how do, how do you interpret that? How do you interpret a stop sign when you roll up to a stop sign? When it's just like black and white, and there's some things that God has, has said to do, and there's some things that God has said not to do. And the scripture says this, that one thing that we can be assured of is that, that his word, his word will never change. And, and so there was a time when they would, would attack the Bible and say, did God really say that? Then there was a time when they would say, well, that's just simply your, your interpretation. And now we're, we're into a new period where people are trying to discredit the Bible. And they're not so much talking about issues as much as they are talking about just discrediting the whole Bible. And so they're saying some things like, like well, with, with Jonah and the fish, and they're saying it's scientifically impossible uh, for a man to survive in a fish for three days. That's just scientifically impossible. And it's scientifically impossible for a man to split the, the Red Sea. It's scientifically impossible for a man to, to, to go to the Jordan River, Joshua, and stop the flow of the water. And you know what? I would tell you this. I would agree. It is not scientifically possible. 
I don't believe it's scientifically possible for a man to walk on water, for a man to speak to a storm and calm the storm, for a man to go into the grave and on the third day be ro- to rise again for the forgiveness of our sins. But I believe in a God of miracles. I believe in a God that is bigger than our problems and bigger than our situations. I am not looking for science to prove that the Bible is true. I know the Bible is true because we worship a God of miracles. We worship a God. And when you, listen, when you go into crisis, you have to know the God of miracles, the God that is bigger than the storm that you're in. The God that went into the grave, he was, he was crucified and he went into the grave on the third day and he, and he rose again for the forgiveness of your sins. And I'm here to tell you, you can take his word and you can trust it. It's the foundation for your life because it's one of the things that never changes. Look at this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus is talking, he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who who has built his house on the rock, the foundation, Jesus Christ. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded, what? On the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and... Great was the fall of it, and Jesus just simply says there's two ways you can build a house. You can build it on the sand or you can build it on a rock. If you build it on the solid foundation, his word, then it will stand the test of time. It will stand the storms. In other words, he's saying you've got to have a solid foundation for your life. God is saying, don't, listen, don't. Don't build your life on the current fad, the current therapy, some growth group, whatever the Google says, you name it, whatever it is. That's shifting sand. Change is inevitable. Change is going to come. But if you want to have stability in your life that reduces the stress in your life when you go through crisis, just learn to build your life on a love that will never change for you on his word that will never change. Come to the place and and to where you just trust him and you just follow him. The point is this, that if if you're going to have stability in life, that stability comes by building your life on his foundation, on his unchangeable word. One of the stress stabilizers. If you want to have more stability in your life when you're walking through crisis, when you're under under stress, then come to the place where you just memorize scripture. And that's why we as a church, we life journal. I'm teaching a bunch of people how to life journal every Thursday night. And and you take that verse and you have that promise. And if you want to reduce stress in your life, learn how to memorize scripture and then how to quote it. I mean, when one verse that is just serving me well right now is Isaiah 26, 3, it's not going to come up on the screen. It's just, it's just, it's just one that that I have in my heart. And it says that, that God will keep him in perfect peace. The man or woman whose heart is stayed on him, whose heart is focused on him. That's just a reminder to me when I, when I start carrying a lot of stress, I have to move my focus from the unknown to the known, from the unpredictable to the predictable, to the changing, from the changing to the unchanging, to him. The third and the last thing that if you're going to reduce the stress in your life when you're going through crisis is this, is the last thing that doesn't change is just his purpose. 
the last thing that doesn't change in life is his purpose. Listen, no matter what happens to you, no matter what you walk through, no matter what you go through, listen, his purpose for your life never changes. Isaiah 14, 24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, As I plan, so shall it be. As I have purpose, so shall it stand. And God is at work in human history. Can I tell you this? God is at work in this coronavirus crisis that we're in. God is doing some amazing things in our church and many churches across the nation. God is raising up his church. His church is more resilient than I even thought. I mean, the church is rising up and the church is becoming the church. We're serving each other. We're ministering to each other. We're helping each other. More people are turning to scripture. More people are asking questions. More people are connecting in on online services. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, you probably already know this. God is doing something special in the season that we're in. And I, listen, I don't know all the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I know who to trust to and to trust and so when you look at this issue you realize that God has a purpose and God has 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 a plan and in his purpose in his future is coming to a planned climax and the Bible says listen the Bible says nobody knows the date nobody knows that time even the son of man doesn't know only our father in heaven knows and so if someone walks up to you and they predict the end or they give you a date, then you know it's not going to be that date because the Bible says, if you just go back to Scripture, it says no man knows the day of hour. But fortunately, listen, fortunately, we're on the winning side. And that's good news for you because it is, it is in his purpose. It is in his plan. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 46, 9. He says, remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient time, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. I will accomplish, here's a promise, I will accomplish my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of counsel from, from a far country. I have spoken, I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. When you look at this issue, God's purposes never change. God's plan never change. I mean, how often, how often do you change your plans? I mean, why, why, why do your plans change so much? And why do my plans change so much? I, I can think of maybe two quick reasons. And, and one, because we don't have the, uh, we don't have the foresight uh, uh, or the perspective of the future. And so we don't know everything that's going to happen. And then all of a sudden things begin to change and we have to change our plans. The second thing is this is maybe we don't have the power to implement our, the changes that we intended to do. Uh, we ran out of time. We ran out of energy. We ran out of money. We ran out of resources. And so because of that, our plans have to change. But listen, we follow a God who knows everything, who has all power, and his plans, plans never change. And God is unchanging, and his promises are unchanging. And what he says, once he promises something, he is faithful he has committed his faithfulness to us. Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good. And even in this season that we're in, God is already bringing good out of bad. God is like calling people back to his church. The church is rising up. People are turning to scripture. And God, listen, God knows everything that's going to happen in your life. And he wants to fit it, the good and the bad, to work good for you. And the most important thing for you to do in crisis, there's no God's purpose for you and plan for you. 
John 10.10 says this. He says, a thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the the sheep. Romans 8.29 says that it's God's plan for your life to become like Christ, for you to accept him and then to become like him, to become a follower of his, and and it, it begins with a relationship. Romans 10.9 just simply says this, because if we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Scripture says you will be saved. Something else that has never changed is God's salvation for you. For thousands of years, there's only one way to get to heaven. Jesus just simply said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man shall come to me except through Jesus Christ. He says, I'm the way. He says, I'm not one of the ways. I'm not the best way. He says, I'm the only way. I am the only way to God. And so how are you going to respond to these changes? You can't prepare for them because they aren't predictable. You don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know what's, what, what's, what you have to face in the future. But you do know the one who knows the future. The Apostle Paul, when he was in a crisis, in fact, is Philippians 1, 10, and 11. You can read those verses later. He's in a crisis, he's under house arrest, he's chained, he's stuck in chains, he's stuck in prison, and then he was in this crisis, and what stabilized him is when he went back to his purpose. And he said, my purpose is to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, everything shifted for the Apostle Paul because he remembered his purpose, he remembered his plan. And he wrote the book of Philippians, it's about a book about how to have joy in difficult circumstances. In just a few minutes, we're going to show you a video. And listen, let me just apologize. The, the video quality is just kind of poor. It's blurry, and, and honestly, it's just not real good, and there wasn't anything we could do about it. But, but I, I wanted you to see the video not because of its sharpness and not because of its quality, but because of the quality of the message. Let me tell you about this man. This man, it's a, it's a, it's a video of an Easter sermon that he preached. Um, it would be the last sermon that he would ever preach. His wife had passed away about two months prior to Easter. He stood up in a, in a, in a service in an empty room. Uh, he's in East, East Texas, Kilgore, Texas. And he preaches a message that God had laid a burden on his heart. In the last three minutes, he unloads that burden. He says, this is what God wanted me to say. This is what he wanted me to talk about. And he talks about crisis. He talks about how God stabilized him after he preached this message. He walked out of the sanctuary into his office and he died of a heart attack and went to heaven to be with his wife. Watch this video. I close with this true testimony from my heart. I prayed about it and God told me to give it. Just about two and a half months ago, my wife of 59 years plus died. I was standing by her bedside. I kissed her lips just seconds before she drew her last breath. My family was there, my girls, my, one of my grandsons, and my son-in-law were there, and we, of course, wept. I said these words, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and you know, I made it fair during the next few days, making arrangements, uh, doing the funeral, after that, I was having a difficult time sleeping. I would cry myself to sleep every night. 
My family stayed with me a few nights. Then I stayed over at my daughter's home for a few nights. They say, how you doing, Dad? I say, oh, I'm fine. But I would cover up my head in the little room and I would cry and cry and cry. And after a while, the Lord spoke to my heart and I began to thank God. I would formally say, God help me, God help me, God help me. And then the Bible came to my heart and everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, and I wanted to be in God's will. And so I began to pray. Lord, I thank you for the 59 years, four months, 13 days, and one hour that we had together. And then it came to me, what? why am I left? And that bothered my heart. Here's my wife that we wanted to go together, and she's now gone. And... I said, well, Lord, God, why am I left? And the answer has come to my heart. I've left you here to do nothing more than to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as you've been preaching for 55 years. So I stand today, this resurrection day, to tell you Jesus Christ is alive. He has helped me. He has blessed me. I bless his holy name today all for Jesus he is a true living Savior. He's alive. He was born of the virgin. He lived a perfect life. He was crucified out on Mount Calvary, put in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day on God's schedule, up from the grave, he arose and he lives to help us. And he lives as our blessed hope. Trust him today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. Amen and amen. Let's close by a word of prayer. Father, I thank you today for Jesus, the Savior who blesses my heart, who helps me along life's way, and I don't want to fail you, God. I want to preach Christ loves the world and died for the world on that cross, and you raised him from the dead. Blessed be your holy name. Forgive my sins. Forgive us all, God, and give us thy grace and thy strength. Bless our listening audience today, this beautiful, wonderful Easter day. In his name I do pray, amen. That's the gospel. If you want to go through crisis and stabilize your stress, you have to remember that God will never stop loving me. No matter what I walk through, no matter what I go through, nothing can separate me from the love of God when I'm in Christ Jesus. And God's word is always right. Read it. Memorize it. Believe it. Trust it. Bring it to your mind when you go through stress, when you go through difficulty. And God's purpose is bigger than my problems. God's plan for my life is bigger than the situations and the problems that I walk through. And you can trust him to bring good out of difficulty, to bring good out of bad. I mean, the scripture says, Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord 
God is an everlasting rock. He doesn't change. His love for you doesn't change. His word doesn't change. His purposes don't change. Would you trust him today? If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, would you do that? He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Would you ask him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and give you the gift of eternal life? Maybe you know him, and maybe you just need to turn to him this day and say, God, I am going to read your word. I am going to memorize your word, and I'm going to allow it to stabilize my life in this situation. Listen, whatever your decision, we'd love to help you with that. Would you let us know if there's anything we can do to help you? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you that you are an unchangeable God. And may we build our life on your foundation. May you be our everlasting rock. May we build our house not on shifting sand, but on the rock that will stabilize us during these times. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. May you have a great day.